doing, and we are still in the middle of shelter in place in the COVID-19 outbreak. So, Brian, I thought this would be a good opportunity for us to talk about visitation schedules during stay in place or shelter in place, more like it. Uh, Brian, what are you seeing, I guess, since the start of shelter in place, which is, I guess, about mid-March when that started? What are you seeing as far as visitation schedules in your office? I started to get calls and um, emails almost immediately, um, and it was um, some kind of basic questions initially, like you know, what in the world's going on? How does this affect things? I think um, the initial calls tended to be just really explanatory. There was um, that was right about at the time uh, spring break was going on in Texas, which um, has some specific rules in most people's cases, and. Um, once I got those questions answered within a pretty short period of time, I started to get a, a different set of questions uh, altogether, which were more, um, I'd say, more contentious. Um, how about you? What, what have you been experiencing? Yeah, same thing. Um, I think it was a shelter in place uh, came in place, uh, it got, took effect, you know, right around spring break. Um, it, everybody sort of snapped to the fact right away that the standard possession order, which is what most people have uh, in their orders. It's what's set forth in the family code. Uh, the way the standard possession order reads is that spring break ends at the time that school resumes. Uh, and that's the language that's in most people's divorce decrees or custody arrangements. And then everybody's looking at that and going, well, school's not resuming. Uh, schools, at that time, people were talking about spring break being extended, you know, a week or two weeks or something like that. And so people started taking the position saying, well, actually looking at it, um, we think that school doesn't, uh, spring break doesn't end until the school actually gets back in session. So spring break could be indefinite. And I think probably the first half of spring break, there's, you know, fighting back and forth about that, or at least discussions uh, back and forth on that. Uh, Brian, I know you and I are both members of various lawyer Facebook groups and uh, family lawyer Facebook groups, and people were talking about that. Uh, and then about mid, um, mid-spring mid break, the Texas Supreme Court actually weighed in and issued an order that said that the way we're going to interpret it in the state of Texas is that we're going to go by the original school schedule. So even though your you know, custody order, your divorce decree says at the time school resumes, the way we're going to handle it in Texas is that means look at the original schedule. Now, Brian, I don't know what your opinion is, but I, you know, I think that's makes it clear what the orders should be. But when you're talking about, you know, contempt, um, if somebody doesn't turn the child over spring break, uh, what effect do you think that has? The, the fact that there's a Supreme Court order out there that says this, but I haven't been served with it. Um, it's not part of my divorce degree. And I'm looking at a divorce degree that says I get my kid until spring breaks back in, in session. How, how do you think that plays when we're talking about contempt of court and enforcements? I think it's a good point. I think if um, somebody really wants to take the position that they're not going to turn their child over to the other parent, um, I think that in the short term, at least until this um, uh, shelter in place type orders or go away and the courts fully reopen, I, I think that it's going to probably be possible for someone to get away with that. Um, I wouldn't want to face the consequences of that uh, on the back end of it necessarily, but um, I think there's some problems with um, with even getting a hearing or getting any kind of a judge's attention about that right now. And I think, you know, as you alluded to, there's questions about 
the enforceability of that as far as throwing somebody in jail for violating one of those orders. Um, so yeah, I think I think the same. I think you'd have a hard time holding somebody in contempt. Now everybody would be pretty upset, and I know what I've been telling my clients. You know, on both sides of the issue, going, you know, look, it's a it's an unprecedented time, and the Supreme Court has made clear what what the way the court wants to um, address these issues, and you know, judges are going to be happy if if he or she finds out. Uh, you know, weeks later that, that you haven't turned the child over because you're reading, doing a technical reading of the divorce decree or custody arrangement. Um, that That's probably not the position that you want to be in uh, going into a courtroom when you eventually can get back into the courtroom. Um, you know, and, and I think the Supreme Court order probably took care of a lot of those issues as far as the return of spring break. But then I know I've started seeing um, – more and more phone calls, though, about, okay, even though we have this uh, court order, um, what do I do if I've got concerns about uh, the custodial parent or the, the other custodial parent not sheltering in place or not, uh, you're not taking safety precautions or going out in public when you're not supposed to? Uh, I, I'm getting those phone calls, and I'm also getting the phone calls about, you know, folks that have kids with somebody who's a first responder or somebody that's a doctor. Um, and that's something that, you know, you got to you know, think about. Um, and, and I've getting a lot of those phone calls. So how are you fielding those, Brian? Yeah, similarly. And I mean, that that uh, the doctor version of it um, made the made the New York Times a day or two ago, um, which I'm sure a lot of people noticed. Um, I've got uh, cases where there's a parent out of state. So they've got to get on a plane and maybe travel from uh, and travel, which, you know, is still allowed, but, um, but is you know, not, not encouraged and could be from an area that's um, got a heavier concentration of problem uh, or infections than, than um, various parts of Texas do. So, uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't tell anybody to, uh, to violate uh, an order. And, and I think um, it's, it's unpre- a, lot, it's, a lot of things are unprecedented, but to have the Supreme Court of Texas be real specific about possession orders um, is really unusual. I don't think I've ever seen that in my 23 years or so of practice, anything like that. And um, on top of that, some of the some of the counties, Dallas County, for example, have gone even further than that and have issued orders on their own from all the all the judges. Um, Dallas County says essentially, even if the other person you know has COVID-19, that's still no reason for um, a, a, viola- a denial of visitation. And so um, I think it's going to be real hard on the back end for anybody to justify um, justify keeping a child away from another parent, no matter what, what it is. Um, let me know your thoughts on that. And then also um, the next thought that comes to mind, have these been in... Um, these been in cases with history of contentiousness or these kind of first time uh, cases that you see uh, these kind of problems there? You know, I think probably um, a lot of them probably are folks that, that don't get along. Um, and, you know, that, that can cause conflict for two reasons. One, it could be, you know, somebody's looking for, for a fight, frankly, and looking for a reason to withhold the child or be contentious. But, you know, on the flip side, too, I see a lot because, you know, folks that don't get along or had difficulty co-parenting. So you may have a custodial parent that, you know, has valid concerns. I know we have a, a case in the office right now where, you know, dad is from out of state, just like you were saying. 
uh, really not taking shelter in place seriously. Uh, he's posting on Instagram or, you know, Facebook or what have you, uh, going out, going out, going out with the kids, going out uh, socially, having folks over to the house. And, you know, our client, frankly, um, you know, she doesn't want to deny possession of the child, but at the, on the flip side, she needs, she wants him to take it seriously. And she's tried to reach out and co-parent with him and communicate. And because there's that level of contentiousness, he sort of takes this as the opportunity uh, to, to get under her skin. And well, I'm not going to talk to you about her. I'm not going to communicate and tell you what I'm doing. Um, and, you know, frankly, we had to go to court on that issue. We were able to resolve it right before a hearing. Um, but I do see judges intervening for stuff like that. Well, they may not, uh, like you said, Brian, not do a denial of, of possession based on that. It may not be justified that you not turn the child. But I do see judges, uh, particularly in Travis County, getting involved, though. Um, and they will make specific orders about what needs to be done as far as shelter in place, what needs to be done about communication. Um, so I think that's why we're seeing it with, um, I think that lack of co-parenting, uh, I think is causing some problems, uh, more so than, than just your typical everyday problems when you don't communicate. What about you? I I agree. And, um, I think that as, you know, as this goes forward, um, we're just going to have more, more of the same. Um, and you know, what, what I've, it's very hard to predict what's going to happen, obviously, for all kinds of reasons. But I think there's going to be some greater variation on how different parts of the country or even the state of Texas are going to be handling um, this uh, as we eventually, um, you know, certainly, we're going to have to go back to normal at some point. Um, and I think that's going to be a further set of interesting uh, differences. I've been out in California. Um, recently and it is a very very different uh, approach to things out there than it is in texas and um and they're different what, what is it like i was i was reading in the paper the other day that judges are ordering folks to to communicate to to talk about you know what they're doing um what are what are you seeing just colloquially uh, being out there yeah i mean there's just a lot more seriousness out in california with um the shelter in place and wearing masks and um you know the social distancing is significantly more, uh, I don't know if you want to call it strict or you know, more more um, seriously taken or however you want to approach it out in California than, than I was used to in Houston. Um, and um, it, it, it probably, you and I have talked about this a bit, there's probably even some difference between Houston and, and, uh, and Austin uh, versus even, you know, rural areas in Texas, for example. So I expect that to, to continue um, as we go forward. And that's a whole nother set of circumstances. If you've got one parent in a, you know, in an urban area that's taking it really strictly and another that's in an area that's uh, maybe more rural or, or not taking it quite as strictly, um, that could be a whole set of other circumstances where they each one think they're complying with what needs to be done. And uh, the other person may, may see it as excessive or, or not safe enough. That's that's certainly something that's going to happen. And on top of that, we also have the lengthy summer visitation coming around the corner here pretty soon, which always has its own set of issues with even without this. So that'll that'll be something to uh, to see as well. Yeah, I know that's that's causing a lot of um, anxiety for folks that have uh, have a child with somebody that's a first responder or somebody that's an essential worker that's going to work. 
you know, out and about. And then, like you said, we have the summertime coming up. That That is going to be, I think we're going to have to um, have to address it, you know, frankly, on a case-by-case basis. But kind of just like we talked last week, unfortunately, the courts are still open. Um, and my experience is that they are taking it on a case-by-case basis. I've, I've yet to have a judge. Well, they, I think they are trying to make these sweeping orders and stuff. I haven't had a judge not understand, you know, not, not take the time and the attention um, if an individual unique situation comes up for a family. Um, we've, I've, my experience so far has been that judges are taking the time and giving that attention. And, you know, frankly, the lawyers are doing everything they can uh, to work it out as well. Um, you know, we've spent a lot of time right now just communicating with the other side, working things out, going to mediations if we can't, and trying to get um, – trying to work through this as, as collaboratively as we can um, since the courthouse is a limited option right now, which, which reminds me and kind of bringing to kind of the other point I want to talk about is unique possession schedules. Uh, one thing I saw in mediation the other day, which I thought was um, pretty smart. I've started doing it is, you know, I had this family that they have a, the dad has a extended standard possession order and the extended standard possession order is first, third and fifth weekend from Friday at six, I'm sorry, from Friday from pickup from school till Monday morning. And then every single Thursday during the school year from pickup from school till, um, till the following Friday. So if it's your weekend, you get Thursday all the way till Monday. But if it's not your weekend, you get that one day, that Thursday from school till Friday, uh, Friday morning, which, you know, makes sense during the school year because you're just picking up from school and dropping off. Uh, but as the mediator pointed out, I think is right is that's, that's a difficult time to do when, first of all, when school's not in session, you're picking up from the other parent's house and dropping off the next morning or the, the other parent's picking up from you. And so you got that back and forth that you wouldn't uh, necessarily have during the school year. But also it's a lot of movement for a child when we're supposed to be sheltering in place just for one day. So what they did rather have that Thursday in the off week, they just pulled the, uh, the weekend, the first, third, and fifth weekend, they tacked on a Wednesday for that, or you could do a Monday. That way the non-custodial parent's not losing that time, but you're just kind of adding on to a block um, on the weekend rather than have that one day in the off week. I think we'll probably see that also in the summer, uh, like you were saying, Brian, and people working around to where people aren't losing time with the child, but there's less back and forth. I think that's uh, that's important giving uh, shelter in place. It's, have you seen anything like that? Um, in, in your cases? Yeah, there's been uh, some more of that. Um, and also, the other interesting thing is that, um, you know, people's work schedules are different. And so um, I've seen people just adjust it to be, you know, noon to noon rather than, you know, after work to the next morning or something like that, because uh, that just makes more sense. Uh, do something like that in the middle of the day, kind of midday, midday work break. And um, you don't have the usual, you know, rush hour that everybody's rushing around or soccer practice that you're trying to trying to catch up with. So I think when people want to be reasonable like that, which is, by the way, the very much what the Supreme Court suggested everybody do is work together, uh, then people have come up with some creative solutions like that that, that lower some of the burden on the kids and um, make things a lot easier. Now, that doesn't always yeah. happen, obviously, but, but that's that, that can't occur. Yeah, and I think, you know, even those that can't work it out just amongst themselves, I think I see more and more people doing mediations um, and being able to get to that, um, 
that resolution that maybe they wouldn't be able to if, if this wasn't going on. But, you know, just like we talked about last time, though, it's there are those families, and this is, you know, why we have lawyers and why we have good lawyers is um, there are those families that just can't work it out. It's one side's been difficult, the other side's been difficult, or just it's just a problem that needs either a judge or an arbitrator resolving it. Um, you know, I think we're, we'll probably see an uptick on those as, as this continues and as summer comes. Um, and I guess last topic, I think it'll be interesting. I don't, I don't know if you've given any thought to this, Brian, but, you know, when you think about there are families out there where one parent has made the unilateral decision to just withhold the child, maybe not for, maybe for a long period of time, maybe just for a weekend or two. Um, and there's people that haven't been able to get to the courthouse and their enforcements. I'm, I'm curious to sort of see how the judges handle it when they, when the courthouse reopens, are they going to hear all these motions for enforcement about what happened and how people uh, behaved during the COVID outbreak? Are they just going to kind of shrug their shoulders and say, look, everybody, it was a crazy time and we're not going to retroactively go back and, you know, give makeup time or hold people in contempt or grade people's paper of how they behave. Let's just move forward. And and frankly, I don't know what they're going to do. It seems like, and I'm curious what your thoughts are on it, Brian, but it seems like if they take the attitude of we're going to grade everybody's paper and do makeup time and contempts and attorney's fees and stuff like that, you know, that's probably the right approach. Uh, the question is, I mean, can the courthouse handle that? It seems like that's all they'll be doing uh, when this is over, if that's, if that's the approach they take. But I, you know, frankly, I don't know what the right answer is, is that I'm curious to see what happens. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's basically, I mean, it was mid mid March when they, close things down. I think I had the, the very last hearing in Harris County, I'm pretty sure, um, until 5.30 that day when they had kicked everybody else out of the courthouse kind of on short notice by noon. And um, and and they, I don't think they're going to reopen until May 11th, I believe is the date, um, at the earliest. And so it's essentially a two-month shutdown. And so you're right. I mean, it's sort of a slingshot thing. I mean, if, if they reopen in full full power, on um, on May in mid May, there's they will have twice as much work. Uh, you know, in the next two months after that, they'll be trying to jam in four months of work. Um, if it goes any further than that, it's just going to be a bigger problem. And I I agree with you. I'm not quite sure how they're going to going to handle all of that. And I know that the summers are often kind of a slow, especially the second half of the summer, tends to be pretty slow time with the courts. There's a lot of vacations and advanced family law conference knocks out a week in August and I don't know. I think this this summer's almost certainly going to have to be the busiest we've ever seen to try to just catch up on things and get people back to where where we need to be with our legal system. Yeah, I think that that will be, and it'll it'll certainly be a, a time where I think a lot of people are going to be looking for for hearings in the courthouse. And you know, we we've talked about that in our office. Uh, both you and I have, Brian, about you know being prepared and making sure. And I think we touched on this a little bit. Last week, this is actually a time where the law firm is growing. Um, you know, that's that's pretty uncommon for other people, other law firms, other family law firms in Texas. But um, we're staying just as busy as can be, if, if not a little bit busier. And, of course, like you said, Brian, I think anticipating being quite a bit busier when all this um, all this is over. And then trying to stay on the forefront of everything and keep a finger on the pulse of what's happening in each county that we practice. and you know, take it one day at a time, one family at a time and see where it takes us. So 
it'll be interesting looking back on this podcast in a few weeks and seeing if we were right or wrong or somewhere in between as far as how we thought things were going to go. And uh, that's why we stay on top of it and, and try to try to stay involved and stay informed. Um, I think with that, we'll probably wrap up for this week. What do you think? Sounds good. Well, uh, you take care there and uh, we will talk again soon. All right. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye.